let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 2, and we're going to begin reading in verse 1, and we'll read uh, responsively through verse 4, Romans chapter 2. Beginning verse 1. Shall we stand, please, for the reading of uh, the Word of God? He's exalted His Word above His own name, uh, the eternal Word, the old King James. Amen. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest another, uh, doeth the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them that do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? And so... Uh, that's the text in the title. It's the end of verse 4. The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. I uh, love that verse. The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. All right, let's pray. Our Father, we pray that you would give us a good hearing. We yield your spirit. We pray that he would fill us and flow through us, speak to every heart, we pray that thou wash us in thy blood and make us a vessel meet for the master's use. Help us to truly be aware and grateful for granting repentance and faith. May we have true humility and glorify thee. We pray that we never take it for granted or presume and that we, you would use us in this church uh, to lead others to repentance. Amen. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. <clears throat> uh, repentance is not taught in most churches. They're afraid of it. <clears throat> They're afraid it will offend people. But we must preach the whole counsel of God. In life, meaning is very, very important. We want to have purpose in life. Why are we here? Why did God create us? What is life all about? If we do not have purpose through meaning by finding God's will, then we're going to be very empty, meaningless, and we're going to live a vain life as time passes, nothing will be accomplished. We are being unfaithful stewards of that which the Lord has uh, entrusted us with. So in life, life is composed of contrast. There is always a middle line. God draws the line. You know, they do not believe now that Travis really drew the line at the Battle of the Alamo said, if you want to stay here and die with me, cross over. Uh, we'd like to think he did. But uh, in, in the Bible, God plainly said, 
Who's on the Lord's side? So you're either on God's side or you're on the devil's side. And there's always a line to be crossed. You have to make a decision in life, good or evil, light or darkness, faith or unbelief, and then sin or repentance. Will you stay on the side of sin, loving sin, living in sin, thinking about sin, or will you turn to God and repent of those things in your life? We realize God is a holy God. God cannot be tempted to sin. He cannot be in the presence of sin. He tempteth no man to sin, and he will ultimately cast all sin from him. So we know that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants to grant us repentance and faith. So the line is drawn. Will you stay on the side of sin? Will you love sin and live in it? Or will you turn from it? In Acts chapter 17, in Paul's famous sermon on Mars Hill, he said, God commandeth all men everywhere to repent. If you're on the wrong side, it's the side of death. It's the side of sorrow. It's the side of bondage, slavery, rebellion, ultimately the second death. And it's a way of sinking, falling, dying, but never dying, moving farther and farther away from God, never hitting the bottom. And we can all testify of this. Um, if you've crossed over and you've repented through faith in Christ, that when you're on the other side, it's difficult to get out of. It's a very difficult thing because you are trapped by sin. You are a slave of sin. And Jesus said, if you sin, you're the servant of sin. And it takes a miracle to repent. Uh, we do not believe in the doctrine of Arminianism that you can just change whenever you feel like it in your timing and your way. The Bible doctrine of visitation is uh, no man can come unto me unless the Father draw him. The old preachers used to say, no conviction, no conversion. And you come over when God deals with you and convicts you. And we're seeing people right now convicted and drawn to God. We're seeing other people drifting, going out into the world, playing in the world, loving sin, living in sin, backslidden, turning on the God that loved them and bought them with his very own blood. So it takes a miracle. I, I know for me, I can't describe it, how God gave me repentance. He granted me repentance. His grace. Grace is many things, more than unmerited favor. It's the work of God in the life of the New Testament believer. But God always provides what he requires. So if God commands every man to repent, 
God in his wisdom and sovereignty and providence, he will grant us the repentance to repent with. God will never demand of us something that we are not able to meet the requirement. So first of all, and a lot of people don't know this, they never heard it, but repentance is a gift. According to 2 Timothy 2.25, it says, God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. God would not have any man to perish, but that all should come to repentance. So what does he do? He gives us repentance if we will receive it. It is a gift. God will work in our heart. He will allow us to see clearly. He will do this mighty turning in the way that we think we're renewed in the spirit of our mind and transformed by it. And he gives it to us. But then we have to be led to it to receive the gift. So in the text, the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. God is so good, so loving, and so wise that his goodness leads us to this point of repentance on the line. Which side will we be on? And then he grants us repentance and faith if we will receive it. If we will choose of our own volition to believe on Christ and turn from our sin. Now this word goodness, it's really a very deep and enriching word. The word means usefulness or employment to have a purpose for existence, to be a useful man created in the image of God, and it means to have the spirit of excellence, to do what God made you to do, to be who God made you to be, and to give you a useful purpose to live this life in His loving kindness. And when we receive it, now we have a reason to live. We have a purpose that gives us meaning in life. And when that happens, the void is filled. Peace floods your soul. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. But until you repent, you're going to perish. You can stay on that side. You can ignore it. You can procrastinate. You can not believe it. You can reject the grace of God and reject the gift of God and the goodness that leadeth thee to repentance. And one day, sad to say, you're going to wake up in hell. But God loves us. The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. God wants us to have a useful life. Isn't that great news? God wants you to feel good about your life, that you have a meaning to get out of bed in the morning, a reason that gives you purpose. 2 Thessalonians 1.11, uh, this is an amazing verse, the good pleasure of His goodness. The good pleasure of his goodness. In Acts chapter 10, it says Jesus went about doing good. 
In Galatians 5.22 and Ephesians 5.9, goodness is a fruit of the Spirit, and it says God wants us to have all goodness and righteousness and truth. And Luke 2.4, when the angels announced the coming of Christ in the Word made flesh, the incarnation, they said, goodwill toward men on earth, peace and goodwill. Now, that means more than not doing evil or harm to people, but being kind and doing uh, nice, good things. The word means God wants to give us a purpose. God wants to give us usefulness. God wants to give us employment. You know, I, I could have, uh, God's hiring you know, you can't find a job. God's always hiring. God wants to give you employment. God wants to make you useful. God wants to give you a reason to live. God wants to fulfill the void of the misery and the anguish of the vain life of just think about it every day. All right, here we go again. Get out of bed, brush your teeth, whatever you do in the morning personal hygiene, go to work, eat lunch, come home, rest up, go to bed, get up, eat breakfast, over and over. What is the purpose of life? It's, it's meaningless without the goodness of God. And the goodness of God is going to do what? Lead us to turn from sin. Because it is sin that is killing the work of God that is robbing us of a fulfilling life. I've told this in the past, but there was a young man that grew up with us. We were around him for over 10 years, and uh, he just decided, didn't even tell his parents, he signed up for the Marines. And he'd already signed the contract. I don't know all the legalities. But he calls me and he said, I'd like to have a meeting with you. And he said, uh, Preacher, I have a question. What is the meaning of life? And he didn't know. He's a young man, his early 20s. He said, I'm so confused and I'm so sad and I have no reason to live. I have no future. Um, there's just nothing to live for. I have no hope in life. Can you tell me? Why am I on the planet Earth? What is the meaning of life? So I commenced to tell him about a holy God who in his sovereignty and providence made man in his image, and God made him through the miracle conception of his parents, and God made him and for a reason to do the will of God for his life that was foreordained from eternity past. And God sent his son to die on the cross and shed his blood as a remission for his sin. He was buried three days and rose again. And I said, that's the meaning of life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and get busy doing what God made you to do. And he just bowed his head and kind of went like that. And he went off into the Marines. And I haven't heard from him. And I know it's been 20, 
another 20 years. I'd, I'd like to look him up, what happened to that man. As far as I know, he never found the meaning of life. The meaning of life is not in the Marines, though it will help a young man get discipline, I'm sure. The meaning of life is not a career. The meaning of life is not your family or finding the right person, your soulmate. Yeah, they may not be your soulmate. Uh, I don't know. They may be your oh me mate or whatever. Uh, you don't know. The meaning of life is not money. The meaning of life is not finding your way. The meaning of life is when the goodness of God, which gives you a purpose in life, leads you to repentance, and he gives it to you, and you take it. Now, I don't know how he did it for me, but God worked a miracle. And I say it all the time, if God can save me, he can save anybody. Now, first sermon I ever preached, I had 11 pages of notes, front and back. <laughs> I didn't know how to make outline, but I never forgot. I preached on Matthew 5, 16, uh, and it was I've had it memorized. Let your light so, show, uh, so shine before men that they may uh, see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And um, the good works that God hath foreordained according to Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. A lot of people love Ephesians 2, 8. They don't like Ephesians 2, 10 which says we're foreordained into what? Good works, to do works. What does that mean? Not just good things and kind things. It means this gives you a reason to live. This gives you a meaning. To, now I know what life's all about. So in Romans eleven twenty two, 22, it says that the goodness and the severity of God, if you continue in his goodness. And he's talking to Jews, and he's talking about Gentiles who got grafted in to the wild, the wild into the olive tree, and then God cut off branches of Israel out of the olive tree. And we have a responsibility, he said, to do what? Continue in his goodness. Yes, we ought to be kind and do good things. We ought to be known he went about doing good. He was a good citizen. He loved his fellow man. He obeyed the laws. But it's more than that. He went about doing what God made him to do that gave him a fulfilling purpose in life. This fulfills me. This is why God made me. So he, his goodness leads us to repentance. And then what does he do? He gives us the repentance and faith. You don't have to come up with faith. You do not have to conjure up repentance. God gives it to you through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Now, in Matthew 7, 13, 14, it says, Enter in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate that leadeth into destruction, and many there beeth which go in thereat. We want to go into the straight gate, and the only way you're entering in, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. 
the constricted way, the Word of God way, the holy way, the single eye way, the will of God way of life. Luke 13, 13, I've already quoted it. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. You know, all these people who think, these little do-gooders with their false, easy-believism gospel that God is so good that He's so loving and kind, He'll forgive you no matter what. No, His goodness is so good, it'll lead you to repent so you can turn from your wicked, stinking sin so you can get saved. And then you'll have a reason to live. You know, I was talking with someone about this recently. When, when I graduated from high school, I was a very empty person. And when I went to college, I didn't even know why I was going to college. So I just said, well, I'll take general business. You know, if you get a general business degree, you can get all kinds of jobs. I was very miserable. I would drive to school, hate my life, wait in traffic jams uh, in Corpus Christi, Texas, park way out in the parking lot of Del Mar College, now they're owned by Texas A&M, and start walking to class and say, what am, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I don't even like my life. And I would sit in class and it was almost like a blur. I couldn't pay attention, I couldn't focus, I couldn't take no, I, I just had no reason to live. And one day I um, started, I, I changed call, went to CCSU, and I think it's owned by A&M now too. But one day I'm getting out of the parking lot, uh, I'm in the parking lot, and I'm going up to uh, one of my most favorite classes, it was uh, Statistics and Corporate Finance, which I still don't know two plus two is four. And uh, I got saved and I got called to preach and I know this seems weird. I had three, I had six credits to get my degree. And I walked up and I just went, I, this isn't for me. <laughs> I know my parents didn't like that very much. He's very forgiving. He's a very good, kind, uh, forgiving man. And I said, I'm out of here. I'm going to Bible college. I, I, I said, this does not give me personally the fulfillment and the reason to live. I, I, need to, I need to do what God made me to do. And, and I can testify, I'm only content when I do it what God called me to do, what He made me to do, when I try to follow Him, when I go about doing good. You know, we hear that phrase, He's a good old boy, He's a good old Joe. He's a good man. I know what we're saying. Mainly they, they, they don't kill anybody and they don't hit their wife and they, uh, they, they don't speed and they pay their taxes. I don't want to be a good old boy. I want to be, go about doing good. What I mean by that, I want to do things that fulfill my life. And what fulfills my life? The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance and that means I'm going to turn from sin to God, and I'm going to do what God wants me to do, which is in the written Word of God. Now, to be a convert, we talk, we use that word, you know, 
we have our converts, and we use the word of those who have received Christ as their Savior. Uh, it's supposed to mean they've been converted. So what does that mean? They were living in sin. They were on their way to hell. They got born again, and now they're converted. Now they're a Christian, and they're on their way to heaven. And it does mean that, but you cannot be a convert unless you have repented. And there's a lot of people who want to be a Christian, but they don't want to repent. They want to go to heaven, but they don't want to repent. They want to live in a casual life. They want a hope of eternal life. They don't want to repent. And their whole life is disobedience to God. Now, repentance is also a direction. So we're walking along. We're going to hell. The wages of sin is death. The soul that sinneth it shall surely die. And it's a direction of death which ends up at the gates of hell. You're going somewhere. So you're walking along. And you, one day you hear the gospel and you start thinking right. And God's convicting you. You're pricked in your heart. You're a sinner. You can't save yourself. You're lost. You're going to die and go to hell. You don't want to go to hell. So what do you do? You go the other way. And it's repentance is turning to God, 1 Thessalonians 1.9, from idols. So you're just walking along. I don't want to live that way anymore. I don't want to go there anymore. I want to go this way. And you turn. Now you're going toward those pearly gates, praise the Lord. Not the gates of hell, the pearly gates. And now... You are a convert, your direction is changed, and your purpose is changed. You know these modern churches, they're afraid of Baptists. They don't even like the word church. This, this new liberal apostasy of the megachurch out there, they just come up with some compass church. What does that mean? They just make something up. You know, one of the funniest ones is, 360 church i just laugh at because repentance is a 180 right you're going this way i don't want to go there i'm going this way you know what they did 360 <laughs> they just they just keep right on to hell they just pick a stupid name uh but praise the lord for his goodness Leadeth thee to repentance, and he gives it to us. Now, I can testify. I had, I was a major problem. I, I, I would almost say I'm like Paul. I'm the chief of sinners. Uh, God gave me repentance. I was in terrible. Like my mom used to say, I'm in bad shape. I, I never forget her saying, I was in not bad shape horrendous shape i had all kinds of problems i had the wrong associates wrong friends wrong music wrong places that i patronized wrong, wrong haunts wrong schedule of the day i had the wrong idea about money i had the wrong idea about everything in life i was addicted to several substances uh, a satanic strongholds in my life and God came to me and his goodness 
I can't explain it. He was so good, and it hurt so good, because when you get convicted, God's going to prick your conscience. And when God makes you feel like a guilty, worthless sinner who deserves hell, and there's nothing you can do about it, and you admit it, and you humble yourself, and that goodness leads you, and you say, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do what God made me to do. And I realize my problem is me and my problem is my sin. And I got left and he gave it and I don't know how. And I turned around and I've been going the other direction for 40 years. I can't explain it. It happened. You can testify if it happened to you. If you think about your family, your religious background, your upbringing, your habits that you had developed, your friends, the music, the spiritual powers that had a, a grip on your life, and something happened where you crossed the line. You were on this side going that way, and God's goodness came in and gave it to you, and you turned around, and you're going the other way. We better remember what he said in Romans 11. Continue in his goodness. Whenever God's working a miracle moving, you'll see another group of people going the other way. Backslidden, loving the world, playing around, casual. I don't want to take the goodness of God for granted. So there's, this word repentance means two things. First of all, change your mind. It just means change your mind about what's right and wrong. Secondly, it means turn from sin in your mind and in your will. Turn from it. I don't want to do it. I change my mind that's wrong I want to be, I want to go God's way. What is it saying, uh, John 14, 6? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I don't want to go this way. I just want to go that way. Now, does that mean you'll be perfect? No. But you will have a changed mind, and you will have received the gift of God. Which is what? Repentance. And now you have repentance and faith are two sides of the same coin. That's what some of the old-timey preachers used to say. You cannot have faith without repentance. And you cannot have repentance without faith. You cannot believe in Christ and love sin. And you cannot love sin and believe in Christ. So you turn from sin to believe and follow Christ, and now you have repentance and faith, and it is the goodness of God that leadeth me to repentance. And then what does he do? He'll give it to you. You know, there's people in this room, you ought to just say, thank you, Lord, I receive the gift of repentance and faith. Thank you. I receive it. I, I receive that gift. I change my mind about what's right and wrong. I change my mind about how I'm living. I don't want to do that anymore. Go there. I go this way. When you do that, a miracle takes place. You cross the line.
You've crossed the line. Who is on the Lord's side? Now, 2 Corinthians 7, 9 through 10. Godly sorrow leadeth thee to repentance. You're not going to get repentant if you're happy. You're going to have to be sorrowful through a, notice, godly sorrow. You know, jailhouse religion, people get in trouble with the law, they get arrested, they lose their license, they, they lose their children. They're oh, oh, that's not godly sorrow. Godly sorrow is when you get under conviction from this book right here and the Holy Spirit is pricking your heart and you know you are lost and without God and undone and you're on the way to hell. And that sorrow... I don't, want to, I don't want to do that. You know, most people don't want to go through the sorrow. They, they have some idea. I'm going to be happy and have a party, and I'm going to repent. It doesn't work that way. The Apostle Paul, Jesus said, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And that's an ox goad sticking the ox in the ham hocks, and the ox would kick. And many a man has died from the kick of a horse or an ox that is rebelling against the, the master to plow the, uh, the row. Don't kick against the pricks. The conscience is a gift to make us feel guilty when we're in sin so we'll know it's wrong, so we can admit it, so the goodness of God leads us to repentance and we receive the gift. So this is why, you know, this is why I don't feel very happy. I've got sin in my life. So I'll just go through it and we'll be through. Number one, the Word of God. You must have the true Word of God, the King James, to bring conviction. That will bring the Holy Spirit's work of pricking of the conscience, the guilt. The conviction will set in the drawing of the Holy Spirit, the Father drawing, that will bring sorrow. I'm very sad. I'm very burdened. I don't want to live this way. Then what happens? You can repent. Until those things happen, you cannot repent. The godly sorrow leadeth thee to repent. The goodness of God leadeth thee under repentance, uh, to repentance, and then you put your faith in Christ. You repent toward God and believe on Christ. Now, a lot of false doctrine out there, they leave out repentance. They leave out godly sorrow. They leave out the work of the Holy Spirit. They don't want any conviction. They leave out the true Word of God. They leave out the changed mind, the turning of the heart. Jeremiah said in chapter 18, turn us and we shall be turned. Who turns us? God turns us. Who gives you repentance? God gives it to you. And it's the goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance. Now, I'm through. Think about it. Then you have meaning. Oh, now I have a purpose, a reason to live, to seek the Lord to study His Word, to learn right from wrong, to be a wise steward. Now, I have purpose and meaning. 
and my life is just not empty and void and vain. And so I love that verse. It's the goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance. He's so good. You know, think about somebody, you mean you think that's good that you felt bad about your life? Oh, yeah. That's the goodness of God making me feel godly sorrow that I can have repentance to turn. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of people out there. So here, here's, here's what happened. And I'll be there. Most people are going to hell. Wide is the gate. The, the throngs, the mob, the mob rules. They're just going to hell. Very few let the goodness of God lead them to repentance. They receive the gift. They turn. They serve God. Very few. But then here's what most of them do. They backslide. So they're serving God, and they just want to do this. And they're always going. You know the old saying, when they taught you in driving school to uh, back up over your, you know, or, you, you know, you get good, you can use your rearview mirror. Uh, they did a test that if, don't, just try to drive forward looking back. Don't have a rearview mirror. Don't, don't do this, but, you know, unless you're in a big parking lot or out in a field. So you're driving and just look back. And then start giving it gas and try to go straight. I don't care who you are, you're going to barely start turning, barely, and before you know it, you're starting to do this. If you kept going, you'll just start going. You'll make a, make a, a, a U-turn. That's why he that putteth his hand to the plow and looketh back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. Don't draw back under perdition, it says in Hebrews. I know that's dispensational to the church during the tribulation but you look back you draw back you turn back remember lot's wife we need to get out there and tell some people remember lot's wife you're drawn back you may not think you are you may not realize what you've done you've drawn back you better get right you're not going to get away with it you are not don't return to the vomit don't return as a swine to the wallowing of the mire. God's going to hold us accountable. Little as much when God is in it. If you, what you know, God will hold you accountable. And praise the Lord. His goodness leadeth me to repent. Think about it. He leadeth me. He leadeth. Oh, blessed thought. He leadeth me. No, he leads you with his goodness. You know what goodness is? A purpose of meaning to live. You know what that's going to do? Make you repent of sin because sin brings death. God doesn't want us to die. He wants us to live. Then what happens? He'll give you repentance. When you receive that, you put your faith in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You've crossed the line. I asked you this morning, what side of the line are you on? What side of the line are you on? The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. All right, let's bow our heads.